0: Now, I'm going to preach this morning from a favorite text of mine. I've preached it before. I will preach it again. I make no apologies for doing that. It's Isaiah chapter 6, and I'm doing it for a particular reason. You know, I have a confession to make. I am not a very good, what you'd call, how-to guy, okay? Either physically or spiritually. You know, there's a reason when we first moved here, Okay, and we had a house, brand new construction. We were getting all new furniture and stuff like that. Evie ordered all of these pieces of furniture from Ikea. The deacons remember this. Twenty-nine different pieces. because had Of course, you buy something from Ikea, and it doesn't just come table and chair. You know, it's six chairs around a table and stuff like that. And, of course, Jeff doesn't even know what a screwdriver is. I am not a how-to kind of person. Same thing happens spiritually. I mean, spiritually, I am great. Ask the elders sometime. I bet you I drive them crazy because I have big ideas, bold plans. I'm a big-picture visionary. I need help sometimes with the how-tos. Now, one of the reasons I love Isaiah 6 is it is, I think, as close as we can get to a how-to experience spiritual and gospel renewal. Tim Keller says that the key to spiritual renewal is a continual rediscovery of the gospel. And this passage gives us as clear a picture of how to live, gives us as clear a process of how to pursue spiritual awakening, spiritual renewal, gospel renewal. So let's read the text from Isaiah 6, verses one 2. 2.8. Well, I believe this text gives us a wonderful snapshot of who we are to be as individual believers and as a church. And I want to propose that we need to be a people captured by, gripped by, transformed by, saturated in the gospel of grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need continual, ongoing gospel renewal. Isaiah was called and commissioned by God to bring spiritual reality to the people of God. And my proposition to you is this. Renewal leads to mission. As a matter of fact, I'll word the proposition this way. If we see that we are just inward-facing, turned in upon ourselves, kind of doing church as the status quo, consumer of maybe good spiritual goods... But not being outward focused, we are not being renewed in the gospel. The solution is not better programs. The solution is gospel renewal. For renewal will always propel us outward to mission. Gospel renewal leads to gospel mission. In verse 1 we read, Isaiah was called in the year of King Uzziah's death. That's the 8th century B.C., around 739 B.C. And Uzziah's reign is, was not like, unlike or too unlike the times we live in today. Uzziah was, lived in a time of incredible wealth, incredible prosperity, but by the time of his death, the nation of Judah was in utter spiritual decline. Because here's one of the truths. Prosperity in and of itself is not wrong. But prosperity has a danger in it of it can breed complacency. It can easily lead to complacency, a thinking that we can coast, that everything is fine, everything is good. Prosperity can lead us to forget that all of life is stewardship. A writer by the name of Tom Lutz says, everything we have, everything, resources, skills, relationships, connections, Influence and so on has been entrusted to us by God for the fulfillment of God's purposes. Isaiah is called into the spiritual decline and commissioned to bring spiritual reality to the people of God. In it, he speaks of the triumph of grace that grace triumphs and that grace changes everything. I wonder if we really believe that. That grace changes everything. And we learn in this text that gospel renewal involves four things. Here comes the how-to. This is as close to a how-to sermon as you're ever going to hear me preach. Because I'm big picture. I don't like how-tos. But how to experience gospel renewal involves four things. That means four disciplines, four practices. If you want something to go through, here's what we need to continually daily go through. We need to be stunned by supremacy, staggered by sin, shocked by salvation, in order to be sent to serve. Notice a theme? Yes, this Presbyterian pastor used alliteration this morning. Don't tell Brian Chappell on that one. I know we're not often supposed to use alliteration, but it worked for this one. We are to be stunned by supremacy, staggered by sin, in order to be shocked by salvation so that we can be called and sent to serve. Look at me with verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. We need to understand, in the year that King Uzziah died, Uzziah's long and prosperous reign had now entered troubled waters. Internationally, there was a man in 745 B.C. His name was Tiglath-Pileser III of Assyria, and he threatened the sovereignty of the Israelite states. So here's Uzziah as the darkness of death is closing in upon him. This is symbolic of Isaiah's view of the nation, its plight and its problem. And it's during this time of anxiety, of chaos, of insecurity, that Isaiah has this manifestation of the Lord in his glory. Look at the picture of this because it's an absolutely incredible one. It is of God seated on a throne. What does that mean? It's a picture of the kingship of God this is God as king angelic attendants around him holding session with his royal court every detail of this picture speaks of awe of wonder and of transcendence now we live in a culture today that questions the reality of transcendence and we live in a culture that needs to know that the transcendent is real and if you look at this picture, you get to verses 2 and 3 where we're met with the seraphs covering their faces and their feet, flying about the Sovereign Lord singing His praises. They're not able to fully gaze into the Lord's glory. They're obviously caught up in the worship of the Lord, singing both His holiness and His glory. We need to recognize that gospel re- begins, gospel renewal begins by being stunned by the glory and the sovereignty and the supremacy of God. The otherness and the bigness of God. When these seraphs call out, holy, 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 this is not holiness plus one, plus one. This is a completely other and different category. This is the complete otherness of God. Gospel renewal begins where rather than just saying, well, I know the doctrine of God's holy, we have an overwhelming sense of the awesomeness of God. It's intensified in our being. And then he says, the whole earth is full of his glory. Ray Ortland puts it this way. He says, do you realize that it is God's will to make this earth into an extension of his throne room in heaven? Do you realize that it is God's will for his kingdom of glory to come into your life and for his will to be done in you as it is done in heaven? Heaven is expanding, spreading in your direction. That is the meaning of your existence if you will accept it and enter in. Heaven is taking over and we are called to yield. We've been saying over and over in our 2.0 meetings, that we are at a crossroads. If heaven is expanding in every direction because the whole earth is full of His glory, does that sound like just coasting and doing church as the status quo? We should have a holy discontent with the status quo. The whole earth is full of His glory. Being stunned into supremacy means that we should have a holy discontent with things as they are we should be adventurous in a bold vision. Especially as we go through and find out we have nothing to lose. Look at the reaction to the presence and the glory of the Lord. It reminds us of the picture at Mount Sinai. Remember at Mount Sinai when Moses was coming down from the mountain? The Israelites assembled before the mountain. What was the scene there? It was one of cataclysmic proportions. Thunder, lightning, cloud, trumpet blasts.